Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cantina MX Football Podcast. Obviously, we are in the World Cup fever right now. We have the quarterfinals all set. The round of 16 matches have officially ended as of today. And sadly, for the first time since the World Cup kicked off, we will not have soccer tomorrow or the day after. So we'll have to wait until Friday to see who will make it to the semis. And tonight we're going to be, of course, streaming live on Twitter Spaces and simultaneously on YouTube. So hop on to either platform and feel free to request to speak and talk to us. Tonight we have uh, Joel and Habibi joining us on the panel. How we doing, gentlemen? Doing great. Excited for uh, the games coming up. Uh, there's, uh, you know, want to see if the favorites keep it going, or there's a few upsets that might throw everything off. Absolutely. Joel's over here washing dishes. Oh, I'm back. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I was having technical difficulties. You know who else was having technical difficulties? Japan and Spain <laughs> with their penalty kicks. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. I saw the Spanish. They look like Mexicans, dude. I, I was like, I never think Spain shoot that bad. There's some very horrible kicks. Hey, man, Spain's a lie. They had a golden generation, and they're back to reality. But didn't they also win a, a Euro? Yeah, during that golden generation. Oh, you know just many, you're you saying... Do you know how many World Cup games Spain has won since they were champs in 2010? <clears throat> like... Three. Yeah. Three? Three games between 2014, 2018, 2022. Before 2008, Spain was not a powerhouse, and after the gold generation, their backs not being a powerhouse. Well, I mean, I think like what happened was obviously what Spain did in 2008 to 2012 hadn't been done before: winning a Euro, winning a World Cup, winning a Euro again, and also like the style of play. Right? I mean, look at every team now. Everybody team, all these teams now play from the back. All these teams have sort of adopted this tiki taka sort of style, you know, and that's one of the things that comes out of these World Cups is, like, everybody now wants to copy that that same style. Like, uh, Holland, the the machine, right? The 4-4-2. Like, everybody copy that style in the next, like, uh, World Cup after. So, you, you create a style, then everybody intimidates or it starts to, like, copy that style. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of back to square one. And, um, yeah, that's where we are right now. Yeah, I think well, with Spain, they've been on and off. They've been like candidates, you know, um, and they've had like pretty good teams. They had a good team in 94. Uh, they were, you could say, robbed against Italy. There was the elbow, and I think it was to Luis Enrique. We should check. I think it was Luis Enrique that gets elbowed in the face. It's all bloodied up, and that, that should have been like a red card. Um, So that's 94, 98. They had a really good team and they, they crashed. They had Pep there. But um, 
Yeah, they were they were one of those teams that, like, similar to the Dutch, where they would have really strong teams, and then they just weren't able to do it up until that that golden generation. But I think um, I think they continue being you know being one of the one of those teams. It's just that World Cup, it's one-off games, man. <laughs> if they were best of six, they would be easily top five. Yeah, but they've always been that Mas Merito team, you know. They've always been so close, but always, like, fell at, at the end. Outside of that golden generation, I mean, it's just their story. And, you know, it's not six games, it's one. And then the thing is, Spain played two bad games in a row. They played bad against Japan, mm-hmm. and they didn't play great against Morocco. So it's not like it's a one-off game. yet. two bad games in a row. No, I, I know it's not. The group stage. I know it's not six, but then... I mentioned the one-off because of the tournament format because then when we see some of these teams that get these shock results or, or end up doing a deep run uh, that are normally teams that are very consistent, and then you see um, later they don't, they don't really do anything. You know, Greece is a pretty good example of when they, they won the Euro yeah. and then they didn't do anything after that, you know? You gotta have yeah, a little bit of luck like, on your side with these kind of matches. Yeah, and I also think it's like Messi said, you know, Guardiola ruined the game. And what he meant by that is that, you know, when he played that <laughs> dominant Barcelona style, uh, it elevated Spain's level, but it also le- elevated Real Madrid's level to be better. So the base of that golden generation was like a mixture of Barcelona players and Real Madrid players, and you know, they just became unstoppable. But everything that's been after that, it's been cheap imitations of Guardiola. Xavi, Luis Enrique, you know, those kind of guys that try to play that style that Guardiola implemented, they're cheap imitations of Guardiola. And they also didn't have the tools that he had, which was, you know, like a prime Busquets, a prime Iniesta and all that. And those guys that got transferred to the, they they took that level with them to the national team. So I will die on this hill. I think they had a golden generation, uh, but they're back to being that in Mas Merito team. And also, he took a base of Europa League players because at the end of the end, that's what Barcelona is, man. And Barcelona did not have the mentality to stay in Champions League and win and dominate. And they go to Europa League, and that's the base of the team you bring. Obviously, it's a mental issue. The players are too young. They don't have the experience. So Luis Enrique does have some blame on that. I think I said it a couple podcasts ago. You need a coach who's good in the tournament level. Morocco's coach, he won the Champions League, the Asian Champions League with the local team. Uh, there was an issue with the manager from Morocco, and then they call him in August. He's been with the, month, the team three months, yeah. but he won a Champions League, and now he's in a similar format of a tournament, and he's doing well. That's what you need. You need coaches who know how to play those short tournaments. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to be mad at Spain for bringing players like Gavi and Pedri who are like 18, 19 years old. I mean, that's pretty impressive. We're over here taking the second oldest team in the tournament and, and pra- <laughs> praising five World Cups for Guardado and, and Ochoa. So, uh, And then another thing, too, you, you know, you, like one thing that you mentioned, like, oh, bringing a coach last minute or bringing a player last minute, uh, you know, Portugal today. Uh, Ramos, the the guy that benched uh, uh, Ronaldo, uh, controversial, right? How are you gonna bench like Cristiano Ronaldo? He's looking to you know break some personal records. 
and you're going to bench him in favor for this kid who up until recently had only played like he wasn't even part of like the qualifying like campaign for 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 Portugal. He kind of just came in as a last minute and and had only had one goal for Portugal uh, before this. And he ends up scoring a hat trick and being like the man of the match. So <laughs> it's like, fuck your process. Fuck seniority, bro. You take who's hot, bro. And I mean, over here in Mexico, we have too much of like a hierarchy, too much of a, too much of that respect for the seniority. And it's like, dude, you take who, who's fucking hot, dude. Like, fuck all your shit, dude. I, I agree taking who's hot, but, but you can't take 10 people that are hot. <laughs> they won't always pan out like that. Yeah, not hating on Gabi or Pedri, but what I meant is by that, it seems they were lacking like an experienced player like Ramos who can take Thiago? that pressure on his back and take it away from the younger one. I think people uh, were asking for, for Thiago. Kind of yeah. I will say, Oregano el pinche football because come on, bro. Spain just passes you to death. They had over a thousand completed passes. Morocco had like a fraction of that. Obviously, the way Morocco played today was not also, like, it was also anti-football, let's be honest, parking the bus or whatever. I will say in the first half, though, Morocco was actually giving it to Spain. And in the end, you know, I think, like, Morocco deserves to get through their next round. Um, They're exciting. They're the only team from Africa that remains. And you kind of need to have that little, that, that one dark horse, you know, or else it's, like, the same suspects and it's and it gets boring i I wouldn't call them dark horse why not dark dark horse is usually the 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 team that i don't think anybody expected them to go this far in the world cup yeah but a dark horse you kind of do expect them like you know that they're strong enough to take out like a stronger teams yeah like a yeah that's a that's a perfect example Belgium would be considered a dark horse, uh, even the Dutch. Uh, they're more like the little engine they could. <laughs> hey, I, I want to say, someone out there did believe them. Some guy on BR Sports, he bet 90000 for them to make quarterfinals, Shit. and they paid them out of it. Damn. So there's Damn. one believer there's, out there. There's this guy out there, because uh, my friends are degenerate gamblers. He says that there's a guy that bet for like the Warriors to win, the Rams to win, uh, there was like one more bet, and then the last bet is uh, for the guy to for France to win. And if well, he, he has like this crazy like parlay, and if and if France 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 is the last uh, bet for him to win like a million dollars, it's pretty crazy. Well, the thing I would say about like like betting on some team like is that like every other World Cup, you do get a team that you know. And ends up doing a, a deep run uh, that wasn't expected. Croatia, um, and then you've had like South Korea, you've had Turkey. I would so say, now they, yeah, I would say in the last World Cup, the big shock was Russia because they got all the way to quarters and they beat Spain. Wait, weren't they at home though? Yeah, but like no one expected Russia to like do anything even if they were the the host even this host time is like nah what one thing i do want to disagree with you though is uh calling morocco anti-football i completely disagree with that because you gotta look at spain they have an identity of this tiki taka they've been doing for what 12 14 years now 
Uh, Morocco, they can't just come out and, like, create a style like that within the tournament a coach they got, like, three months ago. So, like, we're going to play our advantages and take advantage of that, our style. Uh, we can't even implement a style. So they did what works for them under the circumstances. What, parking so, the bus is a style all of a sudden? It's defensive. Who's, it might not be the most entertaining to you, but... How, is there, how is many months was... It's anti-football, though. Wait. That's boring. It puts you wait, how, how many months you say he was with the team? Three months. He took over in August. How... How many months did um did Piojo have? Like November, December. <laughs> Piojo had like that, that, the, the, the repechaje, which was what I don't I don't know when the playoff was against New that, Zealand. That might as well be a that might as well be a molero, dude. Come on. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> ready for that. Oh, I'm googling it right now. What are you trying to say, though, Hoy? He didn't have, like, the whole processor, and and he had the team playing, attacking. Uh, Yeah, so those matches were in November, and the World Cup was obviously, like, six months after that or seven months, whatever. I, look, I'm not hitting on Morocco. Uh, I'm proud of them. Like, they're, they're on to the next rounds. But do anyone seriously think they're going to beat Portugal? No. Especially. Would you say that Portugal is better than Spain on paper? I would say after what we saw today, especially I was actually pulling for Switzerland. I thought Switzerland were going to upset Portugal. After seeing what they did today to, to Switzerland, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. They're they're not like they're not like Spain. Spain was just playing like at like again, passing the ball, passing the ball. Defending with possession, right? And they didn't really have, like, a go-to striker, you know? They're kind of like Mexico, you know? They don't have a nine, or they didn't use I feel them. robbed, Jaime. I feel robbed, because I think Spain, Portugal would have been a really good game. Ball don't lie, bro. The ball don't lie. The two teams that merited today's victories, they got them. It doesn't... All right, in my opinion, I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I already have the final in my head. And I don't see it going any different. I have France and Brazil in the final. Like, f- fuck everybody else, dude. Cool rematch for 98. From what what, I've seen it? everything I needed to see from the group stage to the, to the round of 16. Those are by far the two best teams in the tournament right now. There's a man oh, yeah. I got the last two finals right uh, as far as, like, the champions and everything. And what he predicted for this year was, Argentina England final. Oh, that's a bad so, final. Is that the guy that that's the guy that had Mexico beating France, right? Uh I don't know. Oh, you mean like his bracket? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. the same guy, but like his as far as the champion, his last two predictions have been right. So I know if it's England beats France, oh my god. Like you already know they're gonna go all the England way. England isn't beating France. No, I you never know, dude. I nah, mean, son. It's a World Cup, dude. That's... Maguire and Stones cannot stop. Griezmann, nah. Mbappe. You but, never know, dude. But what are we seeing? No, I do know? know. I already know, bro. <laughs> dude, this is France, bro. They're coming off of winning the last one with most of the mm-hmm. same team. They have the experience well, yeah, so... now. But, I mean, a lot of times you do get overconfident. 
Sometimes we're talking about England, injuries. bro. England are known to happens. bottle things. Stupid red cards, stupid handball in the box. England, yeah, England are and always known. England haven't won a World Cup since TV was black and white, bro. Stop it. And their World Cup was pretty fixed. So I'll say that too. <laughs> I don't see any team beating France except for Brazil. That would be the dream matchup right there. In the I want that rematch, bro. I want that rematch against, uh, uh, so, that, you know, hopefully Nike so foot- doesn't intervene in this one. So football's not coming home. No, I mean, the, the saying fact, was, I, I honestly, I'm upset because they took away what would have been a great semifinal. I think England, France would have been a great semifinal, but instead yeah. we, we get in the quarterfinals and <sighs> I mean, I'm not shitting on Portugal, but I, I just don't see anybody beating France, man. The, the saying used to be, um, England invented the game, but Brazil perfected it. Oof. <laughs> Brazil, France, final, third place match, Argentina, Portugal. Oh, and we'll still get that Messi matchup. Okay, I, I'm down with that. Hey, Messi. Yeah, France Me- beats Portugal, Brazil beats Argentina in semi. Dude, could, now dude, we talking. They, they, could, they, they could both be in the bench. <laughs> they're all, all right. now. They're like, Unless they're there's like some the- some um tinkering tinkering. I know FIFA wants a Ronaldo versus Messi final. I don't want it personally, but I I know. Is it like the Pacquiao Mayweather fight? (laughs) Too little, too late? Yeah. You you don't want to see it anymore. Exactly. I know like fans want to see that. I know the entire country of India would settle that debate. (laughs) You know, it would settle a debate for a lot of people. Just like, who are you going for? Messi, Ronaldo, who's the best of all time? I know it's like the, the perfect like finish to the to to both of their careers i just don't personally want it i know central america wants to watch that final (laughs) (laughs) a lot lot of people want to see it but i'm like by this point it's like it's not the same anymore ronaldo you know ronaldo did everyone a favor by not playing today (laughs) ronaldo got yeah he got benched he unceremoniously left manchester united which it's like he's a free agent they were, they were what, they weren't even calling him up, right? Before he, he, he left. Has a, he has a fat ego and, yeah. And then, um, and then what just Messi, he's not the same Messi that we, uh, we got used to seeing. That used to just dribble everyone, the team, the arbitro, the fans. We haven't really seen that guy. Well, I not mean, that I was expecting him to do that. When you get older, you, you don't have like those strengths anymore, you know, like the speed. But you do get what you get. What you get in exchange is the craftsmanship, is 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 knowing where to position yourself, and that's all you need once you get older. I mean, we saw Messi start to pull back a little bit, and and that's when he scored that goal against Mexico. He started to drop back a little bit. Boom, and he still has that finish. He still has that leg. We saw it against Australia, right? I mean. He kind of sat back. They kind of just set him up with a ball and just put it away. Like, that's all you need if you're Argentina. Just set him up in, in situations where he can just hit it with his with his left foot or whatever. Um, I will say, though, that Argentina-Australia match was unconvincing for me. They they were very close to getting uh, at least equalized at the end. 
And uh Oh yeah, there was yeah, there was a couple yeah. Dude, Lautaro is like trash, dude. That guy is like the new Iguain, man. Holy shit, dude. He had, he missed so many, dude. And if Australia would have tied that game up, they would have absolutely crucified him. Dude, Inter needs to find new strikers because Lukaku was trash for Belgium as well. Oh yeah. Both Inter strikers just I trash. refer her I refer to him as Big Chungus. Lukaku. <laughs> Yeah, terrible striking. I, was anybody actually surprised that USA lost to the Netherlands? No, uh, although some people were already believing the hype and had the US. I believe that we will win. I think those teams, um, teams like England and and, and Netherlands, and uh, I forgot the other team. They're very kind of similar with kind of how they how they, they go about playing, you know, and, and where some of their strengths are, like in set pieces and corner kicks. And I think when, when they meet those, they, when they meet a team like that, they, they sort of se cancelan, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and, and yeah, for, for years, that's kind of the motto that they copied um, here in the U.S. They would always go after like English and Dutch coaches and you always heard about like Pelotazo and whatnot um, going after the really top players. Dude, the Dutch has some really top players. <laughs> so these dudes are huge. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where they, um, you know, they're kind of a clone of those styles. I'm not saying they play exactly like them, but, but they're like, you know, they, they, like they kind of come from, you know how they say with clone, they they sort of like each clone is not as good as the original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, similar, because the same as Max in a way with Argentina, um, and because especially if you look at it throughout the years, all, all the all the players and coaches that in Mexico are pretty much just Argentine. Yeah, and I wouldn't say the rosters were like like a huge difference as far as level. I think the biggest difference was in the coaching. Like Van Gaal completely ate up uh, the U.S. Oh players. yeah, dude! Like Van those Gaal, first man. like those first eight nine minutes, it looked like the U.S. was dominating. Yep. But then you realize that Holland was Netherlands was letting them have the ball, let oh, everything man. do. They were playing that with their food, goal, man. They they got that turnover in uh, their own half. One, two, three passes, long ball, goal. Second goal, same. I'm I'm glad you bring that up because I think that is the difference between, let's just say, like the top, the top, top, top countries or clubs or whatever, is like clinical finishing. Like they have an opportunity, they put it away. Period. And you see that happen with like USA had a clear chance early in the match. You've seen it with like Mexico from you know uh, against uh, was it Poland or against Argentina, Vega. Where he just like within the first like three minutes, like he could have put it away. Like those are like the 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 make or break between being good and being great and being like the top club or top country. I think those are those situations that that arise. You had to put them away. Yeah, no, completely agree. And just to close off with the U.S., uh, you know they're a very young team. I think second youngest. So yeah, they, they should get better. 
I just don't buy the hype that they're going to be this like, I think they're very similar to the mechs where we, where the media likes to overhype the team and, and make them out like they're going to be way better than they actually are. And I feel it's a bit the same here with the U.S. where they, like, I, I saw a lot of fans calling them like the best ever, like, or their most talented ever, which is something they've been waiting for for a long time because I used to hear the same back when they had, um, they had uh, Landon Donovan and I think it was the Marcus Beasley. They had the youth team that, that had done really well in the youth tourneys. And, um, they beat Mexico. Oh, you know, two? No, the youth. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah well, then they, that yeah. same team ended up beating them at the, at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, since then, uh, you know, you would hear stuff like that, like, Call this is golden, the golden generation, and I think it's more just because, well, because you have these players playing in these in these teams, and like so automatically it's like, you know, you you sort of expect it to like transfer to the national team, and we've seen it many times where that's not always the case, and we've seen it with some of our our own players, like Hugo Sanchez and even Joe Jimenez. They never were really able to do what they did at the club, at the national team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching the Maestro show on Do The Oh, I hear it. I mean, really quick, man. What's up? That's been my favorite part of the World Cup, that show. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, dude, especially when, when you... When they're talking their own personal stories, mm-hmm. and and then you kind of get a good idea how far off you were of like, like sure. when we talk about, yeah, yeah, or, or what they were going for, especially when we we'll talk about stuff here, and a lot of times it's hard for us to know because we don't have access to that info, so we try to piece it together from from the scraps of info that we do have and um so then when you're hearing them talking about how they're like for example uh when they brought in nestor i mean chepo they brought in chepo mm-hmm. and he started talking about how they how the selection was doing the youth uh how they were working with the youth and sending scouts everywhere and how he said and and this is one thing i i had mentioned was about the um but how like the players don't get a, a fair shot. And he was saying how they would they would get phone calls and be like, you need to check this youth out. Like you need to check him out. He's doing really good. And they will go to the club and it's like he's not even in first. They already sent him to the youth team or to the or to the um second division filial mm-hmm. or whatnot. And how they, they kept running into that sort of problem. But um well, that whole there's one thing that Lavolpa said today and I thought it was very interesting is like Argentina never aspired to be a under-17 World Cup champion, under-20 World Cup champion. They're over here focused on um, debuting and playing for Boca and playing for River and getting that first division experience. And that's that's like the attitude. And like La Volpe said that these like youth titles don't mean shit. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was like pretty refreshing to see that or, or hear that from La Volpe. And um, you you can see it too. Like they had Chepo on there, they have Aguirre on there, they've had all these coaches, 
and you can tell, bro, they all have their certain ways of, of viewing the, the game and their philosophies. And a lot of them are like, it's like trying to put two magnets together that are opposite and they just won't stick, dude. It's just like, they're, they're just so in their ways, dude. And they're so stubborn, bro. It, it, it was funny seeing La Volpe hating on La Puente and he wouldn't give him credit because Chepo was pretty much praising La Puente because that's pretty much his school, you know, he, he became a coach through working with, with La Puente. And, uh, but what was like super interesting was through La Volpe naming the whole fucking team. Yeah. <laughs> Going back over 20 years. This guy's saying the fucking lineup over the top of his head. I was like, damn, dude. This guy, he breathes, sleeps at the fucking game, man. Yeah. Would you like to have him back on the national team? <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, he I he think... knows so much, though. It's like, damn, bro. It's like, it'd be a waste to, like, I know he retired from coaching, but damn, bro. <laughs> He he does, but he still seems a bit stubborn. And he was, he, I think he would be kind of stubborn to work with other people. And he, 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 um, but I, I agree with you in that. And I wouldn't mind seeing him as in the national team as like a technical advisor. Like, like with Brazil in 94, they had uh, Mario Lobo Sagalo. And he was like one of the, in the coaching with Alberto Pereira. Mm -hmm. with the coach and Lobo Sagalo had been the he had won the World Cup with Brazil um, way back when and they kind of just had him there dude and and in, in that sense yeah why not you have someone like that where you could analyze games or analyze opponents because that's what they do a lot of times they would like um, they, Aguirre and even um, uh, what's his name shit Tuca, Tuca was doing the in report for Mejia Barón. He would send them to analyze the opponents and do breakdowns. And and so, yeah, do you have someone like, I wouldn't mind him like coaching the youth, like the whole youth program. I would, yeah, I would let him do that. But with the senior team, I just, I, I just feel he's still like, how do you say it? Like, um, uh, dude, they they were saying it. They, I, I think they call him out on it, <laughs> but or I think I'm thinking of someone else. I don't know. I have my reservations. He he seems to be a bit unlucky mm -hmm. with the selection. Grande. He just seems to he he just seems to have like a black cloud over him, almost like Bielsa too. He, you know, it's like because at the end of the day, you want to win. Uh, uh, as, as much as the team plays fancy or whatever, you you still want to win a trophy and whatnot. Um, and so it, and it's funny because Bielsa even talked about that where he was saying like going off of like silverware, you you know that he said they could question his career, but he's just that such a good coach that he's always they always look for him because they know he can um, he can rebuild their squad. And he's, he's he's being rumored to coach Uruguay. I thought it was a done deal. Nothing's ever that a done deal. It was it was just the internet. Huh? If everything was a done deal that you read on Twitter, Ronaldo be playing at Saudi Arabia. I don't see him taking Uruguay. 
I don't see him taking over like a country, right? Like I feel like he wants to be on that day to day, you know. I I could I could see him in the country and they give him like like let him do his thing and take selecciones, but like Uruguay is sort of like it was managed by like this one like if you think Televisa's bad, Uruguay is like three times worse. Like basically one dude, and I think he's also from from the TV, Tenfield or something like that. Oh man, I forget his name, but that's the guy that um it was because of him that Neddy ended up playing in Mexico. Oh wow! Because Neddy was Neddy was playing with the under fifteen, or he was training with them, and then he got Neddy was eligible got, to play for Greece, Uruguay, and Mexico. No, but but he wasn't. He he at this point he was just Uruguay and Mexico, uh-huh. um, because he was still a youth. He he. He ended up going to Greece, but um, so he was in the under 15 with, um, he, he was in Uruguay and he was in the under 15 national team, but they weren't playing like official games. They, they just play like these unofficial tournaments, mm-hmm. like non-FIFA tournaments. And I think they were in Europe and I think a man you invited him for a tryout. And so his dad took him and this dude found out, and he he booted him out of that selection juvenil. And after that, he they end up taking the Olympiacos, and so he was still very young, and he ended up staying over there. I think he debuted Champions League at sixteen. Damn. I think, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's, but so um yeah, but at that point he had been there that long. That he became eligible for, for um, Greece, but then I think his dad was like, "Let me." He he came out like in a radio station in Max, talking about Neddy, and then, you know, Mexicans do they get a hard on for any player in Europe, and that was that, dude. It just sucks the whole tragic, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, Greek tragedy, pretty much. Yeah. It is what it is, though. Um, going over the other results, you had Japan, Croatia. You know, everybody was rooting for Japan, and they were even up 1-0, but Croatia with that experience, man, and, you know, can't can't um, doubt them because they are the World Cup uh, second-place runner-up, whatever you want to call it. And in the end, uh, the PKs are just atrocious. I, I, like... You hate to see a country like Japan go out on penalties the way they went out. Like, just terribly executed, man. Like, did they even practice? <laughs> yeah, it, it, sometimes the nervios, you know, they're they're making history for their country, and it got to that, it got to that to that moment, and then they just choked. Yeah, and of course, you know, their culture. They, you know, the coach bowed at the end of the match and they cleaned up the mess and they went to the locker rooms. Like, dude, they're just like so respectful, bro. It's like, damn, you have like, uh, Serbia who was like choking other like players. (laughs) You had like Uruguay, like breaking the VAR screen. Like, dude, like you have other countries that just are, they don't know. It's just a game, bro. Like handle it, handle it with class. 
There's a video where uh, they scored the second goal against uh, Spain, and it's like uh, in the Japanese office. And I was expecting everyone to go nuts, and they uh, literally scored the second goal, and they were like two little claps, and like back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other Asian team, uh, Korea, man, Brazil just looked like they were having fun yesterday. I genuinely enjoyed that game because it's like, that's the Brazil you know and love. You know, the Joga Bonito, the team that just plays to to win. Yeah. And, and the celebrations and, again, the coach involved in the dancing. Like, bro, this is the way I, – I, that's my favorite interpretation of soccer, bro. Like, I love the way Brazil plays. 2002 Brazil vibes. I'm loving that as well. You know, and, and it's funny because some people were trying to talk about disrespect of the Brazilian team being disrespectful for dancing and whatnot. And then the, the video of the Dita. Koreans going to the locker room. Oh. And, dude, they they just were so chill with each other. Yeah. Hey, and like Ocho Cinco said it best, you don't want them to dance, just don't let them score. <laughs> we have our number one fan on he's been silent and patient i don't know if he has anything to add with the uh round of 16 results but feel free to speak up ricardo um i'm gonna keep going through these results with uh france and poland poland were like the most uninspiring team don't you think just they over have been the next round they shouldn't even been in. That's the what I mean. Like, it's terrible. You, you know, you can kind of give other countries the benefit of the doubt, but Poland just no Juana nada, way. Pinches polacos, way. Like, wow. At least us, we would have made it entertaining, you know, against France. But shit, dude, like Poland just they boring they... white bread, man. No seasoning. <laughs> Hey man, that was uh, last week, bro. We we were over the losses now. Uh, good, good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Good evening. Um, uh, I see a new uh, a new guest is on Habibi. Oh, that's Al Pastor. Uh, Habibi. Habibi. Oh. Uh, I I was catching up with the with the last podcast because I couldn't call in because I was in I was in Corpus Christi, the home of Selena. <laughs> Salinas. Yeah, and uh, man, uh, after that, listening to that, he, you should Habibi, you should change your name to to Baby Birria Tacos, man. Like, what, what was going on with that? <laughs> Hating on America and pretty much not criticizing lesbian. I hate to be that guy, and I'm a, I'm gonna be the scapegoat, and I'm a, and I'm here for it. But this this World Cup, I don't really like. I get why everyone's so invested in it, but at the end of the day, Mexico doesn't have elite players, so this is always gonna happen. But but regard regarding uh baby, uh Habibi. He you 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 were criticizing Raúl like everyone else was. But no one said anything 
about that bum, that bum Alvarado. The guy just showed up. <laughs> he showed up looking like a dope head with his eyes all wide open. He didn't do anything, and the and the 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 baby Biriat report fans, all of them said, "Oh, this guy, oh, he's better than Linus. This guy can play five positions." Right, whoever said that is out of their mind. Five positions, like what the hell are they, these people talking about, man? The guy can barely play the his, the position he plays with in Chivas. And and the elephant in the room, I told you guys before, but you guys try to lampoon me, <laughs> <laughs> crucify oh, me, and burn me to the stake. Vega is overhyped. I kept telling you guys, this guy is just—he does that stupid little uh, cutback move in the Liga MX against the Liga MX scrub defenders, and he was exposed at the world stage. He didn't do anything, and and all the reporters they kept saying the same thing: this is his World Cup, the number ten. He's gonna show out. He, after this, he's gonna go to Europe. Y nada pasó. Just like I told you guys, man. <laughs> I agree with all those points. Yeah, uh, Vega stock price definitely went down. If there's any chance he's going to do it, uh, those chances definitely went down. He did not perform. Uh, it was expected of him. Uh, with the thing with Pio Alvarado, though, no one expected Pio Alvarado to be called up, not even his mom. But he got called up. He was healthy. But Raul, Raul, everyone knew, even Raul knew, he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been there. Wolves knew he shouldn't have been there. Wolves didn't want him to go. Wolves wanted him to focus on his recovery because they're fighting relegation. They're hoping they can get him back. And he didn't listen because they told him he wasn't ready. And then he went out, bummed out, and now Wolves wants to get rid of him. It was more about the injury. It was more like the morality of the thing. It's like you can't tell Piojo Alvarado, like, hey, bro, you got to drop yourself on the team because you're not good enough. When you had other players there like uh, – Herrera, um, Antuna, who shouldn't have been there either. But with the thing with Raul, it was just more of that question of his health, knowing he was not at a level where he could perform 100% and not based on talent or skill, just from a health perspective. Yeah, but no but no one in the media made such a... Let's be honest, they were hating on him because he's an America guy. Everyone, you're, uh, so you're telling, I don't think so. No, I think it was hate because he's... Uh, Santi spot. Uh, I think was not taking a spot from Santi like decision was, and same thing with Vega. It's just more like Tata said. I'm taking three strikers. It's between these four guys. Funes Mori and Henry Martin. Uh, they were at least healthier and than Raúl and Raúl, which is all new. He wasn't healthy enough to play. Raúl hasn't and played for America since 2014, dude. Tata. Like, there's no rivalry there anymore. No, no, I get that, but. What I'm trying to say is, I'm agreeing with you guys. He shouldn't have showed up, but the media was was the the main point, and obviously he shouldn't have showed up. But these other guys didn't contribute anything whatsoever well, to the team. I mean, who did? Everybody's to blame, bro. Except for no, like but, Luis Chavez. He's the let's only. Let's be honest, Jaime. The media was was sent was the spotlight was on him though. The ESPN. Through, through the, even through the end, the, the freaking America channel. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone was shitting on this guy, and like you said, no one showed up, but the focus was on him. Like, well, because well, it's like the America players, even the America fans were hating on him. Obviously, it was for other reasons. You My problem with yeah. Tata was Funes Morty. All this hype over Funes Morty made him naturalize himself. Like, you needed him. You wanted to base your style around him. He's your ideal striker, and then he plays four minutes. <laughs> and here's the here's the thing too. You you always know that the media and journalists, especially in Mexico, have another hidden agenda. You know they do this stuff intentionally. I don't know why, but if they want to basically ruin a, a guy's career, they can do that without skipping a beat. Yeah. So it's like I don't know like when the tide turned against Raúl Jiménez, but I mean obviously like nobody is on his side right now. He's not even allowing people to comment on his social media pages anymore. So it's like, his career's done, bro. I don't know if he just got, you know, he ruffled some feathers. Maybe he said something he shouldn't have said. Maybe he spoke out of turn, and everyone just said, all right, guys. Next on the agenda is uh, let's basically ruin Raul Jimenez's career. And that's what's happening right now. But I don't think anybody was excused from that performance from Mexico except for, like, again, Luis Chavez. That's it, bro. I don't know who else... But I'm calling out uh, uh, Al Pastor because he was saying the America guys. The saving grace was Henry scoring or Choa blocking the penalty. Let's be honest. Chivas didn't sh- – their guys didn't show up. I mean, they didn't really play except for Vega. Hey, well, you, like Trump said, they're not sending their best, man. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is, bro. Like it- – no, no, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really true. I'm not really yeah. worried about the Mexico man. Like Mexico, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not even invested. We're the like first that. team to qualify for the 2026 World Cup. We already got in the bag, man. Exactly. <laughs> like this, this is my seventh World Cup, man. My first one was '98. Yes, sir. After, after what I seen in 2002, I'm like Mexico, like that innocence of thinking, oh, Mexico has a chance, man. That's long gone. Oh, but, oh yeah, but, yeah. Oh, two broke I your spirit, like, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. After my guy Khan took those two goals. Say the line, Brazil. Bart. Say the line. Yep. Dos acero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Hey, but I, I got I gotta be the 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 Mexican Edward Snowden, the <laughs> the Alex Jones of Me- of Mexican football right now, man. I gotta call out the fake news. Yeah. USA. 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 They didn't show up, man. They they didn't even put up a fight against Netherlands. It's a, it's a young team, dude. I, I think. But the hype was overblown, Hoel. You got well, yeah, to admit it, man. I, dude, they didn't know, qualify for the last we World Cup. So it's I, like. I know, but we can't be based off of hype. You know, uh, rather we base it off of our own observations than go off of like fanboys or, like, or the media that always has to sell. You know, they're always selling. That's part of the Apart opinion. from the delusional American fans, did they, like, what did they expect to get out of this World Cup? Because they didn't qualify for the last one. So them just going to the World Cup and, and having those three games and not losing to England, a lot of Americans are, like, proud and o- are okay walking away from the tournament with just that. And then losing against Netherlands, that was kind of like a bonus for them. I don't think, well, Jaime, like, like, I don't like think people had them Jaime. going out, getting out of the group. So anything after that was a bonus for them. Well, like you said, I mean, this is a young team that was coming off of the back of a team that failed. And then for them to win everything in the region and then go to the World Cup and get out of the group stage, 
I think they achieved a lot already for that. For that, that's a lot of experience with a lot of these young players, and they definitely have a lot to work, uh, a lot of players to work with going into the next World Cup. So they, they, I do expect them to be a stronger team. I just don't see the talent being that next level type talent. As of right now, 2022, as much as this hurts, you have to say that USA is better than Mexico. And that's just like, that's not opinion. That's a fact. What will happen within the next four years? Who knows? But as of right now. And then, Jaime, there's like just slightly better because Mex finished in second at the. The, um, yeah, dude, but we lost to them World in Cup the Cup. Nations League final and the Gold Cup final, and we didn't get out of yeah. the group stage. These are facts, but all bro. Of those, all of those were for finales where they didn't win in regulation time. They won, like, in penalties. A win's uh, a win, bro. They, 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 they came home with the silverware. No, yeah, I, but, I, but I being, being better... Being... You, saw, you saw what happened against Netherlands. Like, these guys are so used to using Mexico as their as, as their football barometer. They can't get away with the stuff they get away with Mexico against Mexico in the Gold Cup and all these chocolate cups. USA in the in the chocolate factory, man. They play these worthless tournaments. And once they show up in prime time, when the, when the lights are shining down on them, they get exposed for what they are, a crappy CONCACAF team, man. It is, it is. But as of right now, unfortunately, it's like a boxer that holds all the belts. Dude, they hold the belt in the CONCACAF Champions League, right? Seattle beat Pumas, and then they they have all the other belts in our region. So as of right now, it sucks to say it, bro, but on paper, they are the better team. And it's like, it's now it's like, if we needed any other catalyst to get us going, it's that, dude. And the All-Star game, too? Uh, oh yeah, and all there you go, there you go, another wow, one. Damn, all those are chocolate cups, man. They don't mean anything. I mean, for USA hey, fans, it means say, everything. I used to say the same thing, and then a two happened. <laughs> so no, it does mean something, uh, especially with with the whole, uh, you know, the mentality of it when they face each other. They, it, you know, they have more confidence. And you kind of side with Max in the two We games. used to have the mental edge on them. We don't even have that anymore. There you go. They used you to be our bitch for like 30 years, dude. <laughs> That's not the case anymore. It, the times have changed, bro. Yeah, but the times Kid. have changed at a global scale. That's why you're seeing some of the upsets that you've seen in the World Cup. That and too. Upsets will keep happening to the point where it becomes normal. Because everything's just coming down to now almost to a science uh, as far as, like, you know, trying to take advantage of every little detail where the gap is closing so much amongst most countries. Most. Because, you know, well, you saw, like, the Brazil-Korea game. Brazil made it look like a friendly. Yeah. And like I mentioned, like, everyone's starting to copy each other. And it's like one thing that was pissing me off about this Morocco-Spain match is they continue to insist on playing from the back, even though they didn't have the capabilities to do that. Like, Morocco was just trying to play like they were Spain and, like, pass the ball around, and they had a few sketchy incidences where, like, they were exposed. And it's just like, dude, like, why do these teams all insist on, like, playing from the back? Like, you got to play to your strengths. You can't just, like, think you're going to take uh, FIFA 2022 and, and play it in real life, dude. You have to You have to know, like, where your strengths and weaknesses are. 
and you know have your own style of play and that's one of the things that La Volpe was saying is like Mexico has great players and it's just like the system that Tata was trying to implement it just didn't it didn't cater to the 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 players that we the and the roster that we had you know you have dynamic players like Chucky and like Mexico's always done a great job of producing wingers and it's like you didn't have a system in place for that to to be shown and that's why it was a mistake to to have that in the first place yeah to keep him so long like what i don't get about that like you got you guys talk about mental edge like how is mexico supposed to have any sort of edge if this guy quit two times on you what other sport gets away what other coach would get away with that that's true well, that's you you that think if a, if a coach showed up to the Super yeah. Bowl and and they barely went to um well you got to win the Super going in the playoffs in the NFL but if they if they looked shitty in both games and the guy quit after every both games do you think the team would actually like show up o- only in Mexico man only in Mexico and only in Mexico would the players like not say a word because they know that they are also part of the problem and had another coach stepped in they probably wouldn't have been in the World Cup you know so a lot of players like you know the Antunas, the Gallardos, the Hector Herreras, the Rojimenezes the Guardados even, they're not going to speak up and say yeah you know you should resign or you should we should get a new coach because they're like if he's going we're going with him because the new coach is going to pick us <laughs> Oh. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jaime, because I'm getting tired of hearing this narrative about how, oh, just, and they do to a point that the owners, they pick where they want to go. But a lot of these players, it's starting to show, man, these guys pick just like like your guy Chicharito, like they didn't want them. And I don't think he should have gone, but these players have a lot to, to do with these selections when they go to these tournaments, man. Oh, absolutely. They don't want somebody to fuck up the locker room. For sure. They don't want a Chicharito, you know, bringing whores to the locker room and hotel, (laughs) cheating on his wife. (laughs) On the plane ride. On the plane ride. They can't have that, man. No, but, you're not in the hotel, man. Yeah, they didn't want that. Right they got scene. caught the first time. They were already on, walking on a tight rope. If they weren't got been gone, caught the first time. That probably wouldn't have been an issue for them. But, yeah. I, but I also wanted to call out Hoa on this, man. Oh, Cause, snap. Because uh, two podcasts back, who was it? Uh, Soccer Chronicle. What's his name? Ron? Ron yes. You guys were saying... You guys were verbally attacking me there too about how <laughs> when when I mentioned the uh, how the league it is the only league in the world that doesn't that doesn't give its own players a chance to to play, man. Every other even I, I criticize the MLS, but every time you go on ESPN or something, they're talking about oh this kid debuted this and that. Wait, but, but what, what does what does well, that have to do with me? Oh, because because you said that about the Mexican players that you'd rather them be in Liga and Mex than uh, just ride the bench in in uh, in Spain in the uh, in Europe, right? Well, playing playing because I've advocated for players to go where they're gonna get playing time. So that's why I've said if an MLS team is offering you a chance, take it, right? Uh, 
So that's always been my thing, getting no, playing no, time. Um, and, and that's that's been the whole thing with Europe of like, because it's a coin toss, basically. It's it's not a guarantee. For the most part, it's just a coin toss. And, and it's like, I, I feel that it's at the point where the Mex player needs to have like a, a pretty good agent from Europe if they're going to go over there that's going to get them the better deals. No, for sure. I, I, was, in, I was just using uh, the MLS example as a point of what the media says about the players, not so much you. Uh, I was I was okay. trying to say that because uh, in the two shows back, you were like, you're, you're, you're after the, it was the Mexico loss, right? And uh, you guys were talking about how the problems with it, like what needs what what needs to be fixed and what's like what what the problems are with Mexican football. And I said the league's the problem. <clears throat> you don't have enough of these players playing or to, enough to choose from. Yeah. And yeah. Go, well, then... go go ahead. Well, no, no, you you go, you go. No, without without from what I've seen, man, you see all the you see Mexico is a, it isn't an easy fix. Like you just can't say this is the problem, this is the problem, man. You get you fix this and everything's gonna be okay, right? I do think, and you know what, this is I could say we disagree right because I do see it as the easy fix. Oh really? And you just you just mentioned it. They're not giving the players a chance. And and it's and I've been dude, I've been preaching about this already for a long time. Yeah. Ever since they moved up to eleven, right? They moved up to eleven or whatever foreigners. Nine. Nine. And where where did you see at first? Chivas. Right? And I've compared this to to the whole COVID when uh when COVID hit and you couldn't find toilet paper or water at the <laughs> at the store. And that's that's Chivas at the at the Mercado de Piernas whenever they go for transfer. It's it's fucking it's empty shells because the teams they don't really have uh players like they used to where they because they're all filled with foreigners and, and you could look at the lists and uh, Medio Tempo used to publish this one, but I, I do that website became trash, but I used to like it because they used to have some articles like this. It was always trash. Say, nah, dude, at one point they were they were you get all type of stats right there. Like it, it was and, and this was one of them. And they will tell you like, like they'll have a list of all the foreigners and what teams, and they'll put like how many minutes they got. And you'll see like all these players that never even played. You're like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Like when they brought the yak, I don't know if you guys, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to remember, uh, but I bet a lot of people don't. They brought in some African guy. At the same time, they brought Gignac. Yeah. He did never play. I, I don't think he ever even played. He played, it must have been like three, four games, but I, you didn't really hear about it. Oh, yeah, him. I forgot about that guy. See, and there's a lot of players like that. They just they bring them in, and a lot of times it's just for the you buy them for two million or you buy them for you know it's, it's it's kind of the money laundering that that happens, and it's not always by the clubs. It's a lot of times from the um, the promoters, the, the the agents and whatnot that are doing all these transactions, but I. Dude, why why they bring that player? You know, well, you why, why doesn't uh, the EPL have this problem though? Because the EPL and La Liga are actually full of a lot of foreigners. Ah, uh, but their thing is different. Their whole yeah, thing with foreigners. The EPL has always had this problem up to recently, where now they got a bunch of English players on top team. 
But before, I mean, this is like the first time England's like making a run where it's like actually believable. Yeah, you look at Arsenal. Arsenal's like full of foreigners. Like, I don't even know if they have an English no. person on their team. There wasn't always that. That was recent, um, Jaime. And I, I shared that article with you. As I tried talking about this, um, about this issue, and I kept like fumbling it. So the whole foreigner thing, it didn't get out of hand till like the early 90s. That was the Bosman ruling. So, and so the Bosman ruling did two things. The first thing it did was, so before they even had this in Europe, right? Which in Mexico, they criticize a lot and they say it's the Pacto de Caballeros or whatever, where it's like if your contract ends, uh, you're still not a free, Agent. you know, yeah, that, so, but after the, so that's, that's how the Bosman started because this player uh, in the Belgium league, I, I think he was Belgium, I don't know where he was, but he was playing in Belgium and he, he had six months left in his contract or less. And he tried to go to France and then um, the Belgium team asked for too much money. And they were like, dude, he's, you know, they, they just felt it was unfair. And so the transfer didn't go through. And then the team was like, fuck this dude. They sent him to the lower divisions. Damn. So they didn't, they didn't have to pay him. Like his contract was like, you know, they'll, they'll pay you this much if you're in the first team and much whatever. So this guy sued. His last name was Bosman. So it's Bosman. He actually, he sues them and the European courts get involved and all that. Damn. And he, he fucking wins. And that's the Bosman ruling. So with the Bosman ruling, now was like, if you have six months left, you can negotiate and teams can snatch you up for free. So then that's how some of these teams in Europe started getting stronger because then they, they could easily swipe players from other teams. And you know, the players would want to go to the stronger team, right? If you're playing in a mid to low table and one of the mid to high table team was like, would you like to play over here? Now they were more likely. So it, it it's, you know, it, you started seeing some of these teams getting stronger all of a sudden. Here's the second thing it did. So in Europe, you have the European Union. And so European Union means you're free to work or travel um, if you're part of the EU. But they, they didn't have that in soccer. So like in soccer, you still count it as a foreigner. So after Bosman ruling, you no longer count it as a foreigner. So if you, if you were from a country that was part of the EU, and and then now you like Spain, like right? Spain, if they had like a French guy, it was a foreigner. But but after that, it in no long after the Bosman ruling, those Europeans didn't count as foreigners anymore. So that's when that's when you started seeing this influx of South Americans because they started doing that. They started they started sniping all these young talent and just taking all these players. And and all of a sudden you start seeing. Well, all the best players are in Europe. Well, that was part of it, you know? Because a lot of these guys, if they would get paid what they get paid in Europe, they would stay home. I, and you get this when they do interviews. This is not coming from me. This this comes from them when, especially after they retire, you could hear them talking. And it's, it's out of necessity. So I, I think a lot of times we get it wrong when we think, oh, everybody wants to. No, not really. <laughs> Most of them just, that's just their best bet. But so then that that was just 90. So the football pretty much changed. The the 
the game pretty much changed at that point, you know, at the 90s. And then it, it just shifted to Europe all of a sudden. And that's just started getting these big teams. But if you compare, like, like around that time and before, and you would see the South American teams facing off against these European teams, and it was a different, you know, they, they weren't as dominant as they are now at the Cubs World Cup where they're always winning mm. before. Vélez would win. Yeah, Vélez with uh, Bianchi. Oh, he, yeah, Bianchi. That was Bianchi both times uh, was where he was the coach. He he won. Right, he beat, I think they, he beat what, AC Milan. And AC Milan had one of those, one of those like big teams. Um so yeah, that's that's that didn't start to like like so mid 90s going into late 90s. So a lot of the stuff is new and then when they criticize it in Mexico and not letting players go, but that's just a bunch of bullshit because a lot of players have gone. It's just the fans and media attacking clubs because they pretty much feel like, all right, let them go for free. You spend all this money, but I want to see him in Europe. So just just let him go, dude. It's kind of stupid, right? You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't spend all this money on something, then just give it away. Because you know, you're you're right, Cole. But at the, I could also say, I could be. I, let's say I'm an owner of a Liga MX team. Like you, you said, uh, they don't have any necessity. The Uruguayos and other South American players to go to Europe, right? I mean, they no, have they the have necessity. It. Yeah, they yeah. have the necessity, right? What does what does a Liga MX owner what necessity do they have to overpay these Mexican players or 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 overpay to 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 buy one of these players from one of these teams when they can just go to South America and buy a guy that drank out of a Boca water bottle for ten thousand dollars? <laughs> no, well, I, I don't. I think that whole it, it, that goes both ways, man. Well, no, the necessity whole thing is, is that's the competition within the league mm-hmm. where it's like you're going to pay them that much because other teams are willing to pay them that much. No, this, uh, and, no and, whole, I got to disagree with you there, man, you, because you said before, because whenever we, you, we would talk about Chivas, you would say, oh, there's only a handful of teams that could actually, uh, that could actually uh, keep these Mexican players or buy them from some, or bring them back from Europe or buy them from each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the teams you're competing against. Who did, who did Chivas lose um, Hermoso Peralta to, to America? Like when you mm-hmm. see like, when you see some of these top players, it's, it's always going to be the same five teams. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where the competition is at between those five teams where we say that they're overpaid. I, I don't think they're overpaid, especially if you compare to Europe, how much they make over there. Player making 2 million, 1.5 to 2.5 million. I don't, I don't see that as them being overpaid. But you know? using that same logic, so do you expect those four same teams to produce all the Mexican players for the national team? Mm, no, I don't expect them to. But I these, think... these these poor teams, they're going to buy these cheap foreigners, man. Well, yeah, and then and then especially because of um, because the league made it easy for them, which is mm-hmm. how you started seeing some of these teams being more competitive. And I was telling my chi hermanos like, hey, dude. Just because you used to whoop on San Luis or whatever, it's not the same. 
it's not the same now because they could have sucked ass and then someone invested money or they opened the coin purse and they have five new foreigners and now she was playing them, they're getting their ass handed to them and they're like, what the fuck happened? And it's usually the coach. Oh, the coach fucking sucks. No, not really. They actually got a couple good players now. Uh, fortunately, they're not going to stay with the team long enough because after that season or next, the bigger teams coach them. But um, that's kind of what, what we've been seeing with some of these teams that all of a sudden they could have one really good season as opposed to before where they kind of normally were always at the bottom. And now they will like just go up and down. Um, but but we're, we're talking about like the money. Um, well, that's kind of just the necessity for, for competing. But I, I don't think it's a lot, dude. I, I think that's pretty decent. It shows, it shows, I think, how much less are getting paid like in South America and, and as almost all these countries, just how they're, they're getting like peanuts. Because even when they go to Europe, they're still not making that much money. You, you can see like Ochoa, he took, he took a wage cut to go to Europe. Some of the Chiva players that went to second division Spain, they took wage cuts. Uh, and so I think that's always been the mentality almost as if you go there, and almost like as if everything's the same, which is what I liked about the Maestros. And you used the story the other day, Jaime, with Camorenesi talking about when he was at Verona in Italy. Yeah. It's like we're, they were putting us in two-star two hotels. <laughs> and, and our field, we just had one field that was pretty shitty. And it was like at Cruz Azul. We were five-star hotels. We had like five fields. And he's talking about like the clubs in Mex, how they – they match a lot of the teams over there. And I think people forget or they don't think that in Europe, not all these teams are like, they don't have it good, like where they like to, where, you know, like like we like to imagine. Maybe because I think we look at EPL, which was that one league where through, through their TV, they gave, they were able to give money to all these teams and they, they pretty much, you know, invested. And so I think maybe because that's where the comparison's been, but you could go Europe, you could be anywhere, Belgium, Greece, anywhere. A lot of these conditions are shitty. And I remember just... Europe is just like a broad term, you know? People think, oh, Europe, it is. It's, it's like the motherland, but it's like, there's tears to it. There's there's levels to it. Yeah, and that was common when they said Central Europe. And he's like, what, what do you mean Central Europe? He's like, you could go to and then play in what, Cyprus? You know, and you think that's better? Um, and it's, it's true, but I remember the first time that I kind of like, it kind of opened my eyes and it was this one player from, uh, from Bolivia. He, this dude was just like scoring goals left and right in the Bolivian league. He had like 40 goals or something. It was insane. Um, granted it's a banana league, but <laughs> he was just killing it. And, and so this team from Spain was trying to get him, and Tecos just offered him more money, and he came to Mexico. What was his name? Ah, oh, fuck, dude, I can't. Well, he had like a funny name, right? I don't remember. I, I could find it if I do a search, but I mean, this dude was like, I'm not gonna go to Spain. And they was Alfredo me. Castillo Parada? I think that's him, where he was at Tecos, and then he. He jumped around through a couple of teams. Uh, he was uh, he's from Bolivia. He scored 92 goals before he went to Tecos. 
It's probably that guy. Probably. <clears throat> what year? Does it say the year? Uh. 2000 to 2002 he was at bolivia and then in 2002 yeah. he went to tecos yeah that's that's probably gonna be him and he was like dude fuck that you know i'm not gonna be trying to risk it for three four more oh, years oh yeah in 2002 he scored like, 42 goals ah uh, yeah there you go see i was enough with the, the number of goals um and and that's the one thing that people forget like they're they're taking care of a family or, or whatever. They might have a sick uh, sibling or parent or they're not, dude, come on, man. It's, it's, they, they want a way out. Then we saw this with the, with the River Plate guy. Um, he had a contract clause where he would be guaranteed like 5 million or something on the transfer. And the European team was like, we don't want to pay that. <laughs> you know, it's like Europe come over here and, some MLS team was like, fucking, we'll pay. And he's like, late? He came to MLS. But I mean, what does that $5 million mean to his family? They're set, dude. They're set. He could break his leg tomorrow. They're, they're going to have a nice life. Speaking about uh, situations like that, uh, the latest rumor from Real Oviedo is that Marcelo Flores is not in the plans and that they're, oh, man. they're gonna terminate his contract, and it sounds like Leon, <laughs> Leon is interested in picking him up. Sounds like a good place. Uh, uh, he could be Lar with Larcamon, dude. Larcamon, yeah. So that is what's happening. If I'm not mistaken, I, I uh, Real Oviedo is owned by Grupo Pachuca, right? Could be. Could be. I know they. If if they're not like. They are the main owner. They could be majority owner. Yeah, they're part of. Yeah, they're, because it's yeah. Those are actual club with socios, so they'll just buy the majority social stock. Caruso on the half. Who? Caruso. Oh, is that from? Is that from Spain or where is oh, that from? Slim. Oh, shit! Well, damn. I think, but you know, like a lot of these teams run off of having that type of committee, which prevents them from just doing whatever they want. Right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they, they could just be like, no, fuck it. He's going to be a starter and he's going to play. He's playing. He's going to be like the son of that, that fat kid that his, his dad owns the team. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's going to play because he's going to play. They got these committees and then it's just of socios, you know? And that's the, that's the people from the neighborhood. That's like, you lose your socials there, the fucking no one will show up to your games. Um, so they, they, they know that. Uh, it just you don't have that in Max. <clears throat> I don't think it's a bad move. I mean, he's leaving a team that's in relegation in Division II Spain. Uh, it seems like they're doing a complete overhaul. And it seems like they're not terminating his contract because, you know, he's terrible, he's booty. It seems they had an agreement with Arsenal that he was going to get a specific amount of minutes, and he's not getting it. So if he can play D1 ball in Mexico, you know, get the minutes that they want him, I can easily see him going back to Europe afterwards. Yeah, it's just not Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal is it's very similar to uh, to Vela, right? And Vela was doing way better. And it's like, dude, if they're not playing them now, yeah. they're just really not going to play them. Dude's they like 5'3", five, 5'4", five, and, you know, you have someone like uh, – I mean, it's hard to break into that team, bro. 
Yeah, and that that at that height, it makes it more difficult. Like you, you, you just have to work twice as harder. Um, I do hope Saka's. It, uh, I don't know if they play the same position, but I mean, obviously he's in the World Cup right now and he's doing really well. So. Yeah. No, I I just do hope that if he does come to Max, and that he gets all the playing time, that he develops into that better player, and I hope people remember that. And stop shitting on the league. <laughs> hey, this this is just like uh, the Santi Munoz. He went to Newcastle, and he wasn't going to break through either. Now he's back to Santos. That was a straight up marketing move, bro. I don't think they ever had a genuine intention of like using him. They just wanted to, you know, sell jerseys and make that that connection to the movie Goal, but. I mean, was he ever re- seriously considered for New- Newcastle? Probably not, dude. Did you guys ever see Goal 3? Yeah. That was it the was worst trash, one. Dude. It was trash. That was the worst goal, goal. Like, out of all of them, that was the worst one, dude. Dude, 20 minutes in, and you're like, is this even a soccer movie? Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the Mexicans to show up, man. With Santi. Oh, that's right. He. What, he it was He's just kind of written guy. off. Yeah, <laughs> he got written off. The, the thing was that Adidas, they lost like their main sponsorship and Adidas was one. Uh, I, I figured the story, the story was going to be that um, Santi comes to play to MLS because at that time Beckham was in the Galaxy. So like, he gets signed and I and and Blanco was at the Chicago Fire, uh-huh. and they wa- and they wanted to use him, and so then they were gonna do that. Uh, it was gonna they were gonna come to MLS and then go to the World Cup, and it was gonna be a, a Mexico England final. But I don't. Uh, they kind of and they even fucked that up. Not even in movies they can make that ha- that matchup happen, bro. Estamos <laughs> jodidos. <laughs> No, he breaks. He breaks his leg. Spoilers. Spoilers for anybody. Uh, if everyone is still hoping to see it after all these years, he breaks his leg off camera, so he's he's no longer able to play. Sorry, uh, that's, that. that's like the Rocky Greg Five, Greg right? Greg. They don't count that one. Right. Hey, what happened? No, I said that third goal movie is like Rocky. Rocky Four. I mean, they don't count that one. Oh, right. <laughs> With Tommy the Tommy the Machine Gun. Yeah. Yeah, that, that one might as well not happen. Yeah, no, they should. They should have just. Have you guys? Uh, did you guys ever see that cartoon, uh, Super Campeones? Of course. Ah, yes, it's, it's must must watch. And you know, there was like that whole rumor that that like. Um, Oliver wakes up in the hospital and then he, he's like missing his legs or something and it it was all a dream. Yeah. But that was just fake. That was just fake. Mm. But that that's kind of goal. He he wakes up. He's he was never even a soccer player. He was just dreaming the whole time. <laughs> that conspiracy theory. Well, uh, I want to take. I want to hear you guys' uh, predictions for these quarterfinal matchups. Starting with the rematch of the 78 World Cup, Netherlands versus Argentina. What do you think is going to win that? I'm I'm excited for that game, actually, because I do see it as the rematch for 98. 
98. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's fair come. Um, that's a colossal, man. Um, and they beat Argentina, right? They did, man. I don't... Oof. I don't know, man. And not only rematch in 98, they went all the way back to 78 when they played in the final. Argentina wins the World Cup at home. Mm-hmm. So you always had these big games between them. So I, I do this hard for me to predict it because Argentina has that talent, but they just look lackluster. They don't they don't even look strong. No, I you know, agree. Like, no talent. You take Messi out. Just for some context, their head to head record against Argentina excuse me, Argentina. Four games, one, uh, two draws, and three losses. So they actually have a winning record against Argentina. But in the last time they faced each other, which was in the 2014 World Cup, uh, they tied 0-0, and I think they were eliminated. Look, Argentina, they lost Saudi Arabia. Uh, Mexico held them back for 70% of the game. Uh, They beat a weak Poland. Last 10 minutes of the game versus Australia, they were asking for the ref to blow the whistle. So they're not as good as everyone makes them seem to be. I agree. On the flip side, though, on the flip side, Holland, Netherlands, Spices, Bacchus, wherever you want to call them, they haven't, <laughs> they haven't played. A legitimate opponent. They haven't had a legit opponent. They had a yeah. USA who was in a weak group. Uh, they struggled beating Ecuador. Uh, they beat Senegal. But look, Senegal, they got spanked by England. So this is going to be their actual first true opponent. True. So with that, if Messi comes out balling, they might Argentina might actually get away with it. But you can say the same thing about Argentina. They didn't really face any real opponents. Yeah, but they have Messi. That's, that's not not even game. Mexico. No, <laughs> Mexico was a fucking joke against Argentina, man. Damn. <laughs> I love you want Argentina win, and then like Brazil just like steamrolling. But and tell us how you really feel about Mexico. I'm trying to give you guys perspective from the rest of the world, bro. They they look at this Mexican team as a joke. I mean, you saw the video where it was like, easy, easy. Yeah. I, I think uh, Argentina will pull through 1-0. Yeah, I think they will pull through, and I think everybody wants to see that Brazil-Argentina matchup in the semis. Um, you just can't count out Messi and his ability to score when they need it the most. Uh, but we'll see if the, I mean, you cannot rule out Louis van Gaal. He's a great coach and, uh, he might know how to beat them, but either way, that's going to be on Friday at 11 AM on the other Friday match, Croatia and Brazil have, uh, Croatia sort of, um, punch themselves out of this World Cup because they are older and they had to go to overtime to get to the next round. So you're dealing with fatigue. What do you guys think? Brazil's going to style on them. I think it might be like the Serbia match where like, you know, uh, those Eastern European teams that sit back do give Brazil some trouble. But after 60, 70 minutes, Brazil should be taking the lead. But but what I will say is I did enjoy when Croatia, they port Canada. That was pretty nice to see. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Heimer after every every match. <laughs> after every oh, Canada dude, match. I fucking I enjoyed I enjoyed watching Canada just do absolutely nothing in the World Cup. That was my favorite. Um, as far as Brazil's record, uh, three wins and one drawn against Croatia, so they have a a very favorable record. I I don't see this going any other way. I I think Brazil's inspired right now. Obviously, they lost Gabriel Jesus, but they are just so stacked. It's not. It doesn't even matter at this point. They have. Is he completely out? He's out for the next three months, dude. Yeah, he's oh, he's, he's out for the tournament. Yeah, and uh, you also have them fighting for Pele, right? He's he was in the hospital, so they just have everything in their favor to win this World Cup, and I don't see anyone stopping them. Croatia is just another bump on the road, um, pit stop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, England, France. That's the match that everyone sees as the most level. What do you think? No, I, I see France stronger than England, but I do think England can can um, can beat them, or has the ability to beat them. You know what I mean? They have the capabilities to put up a great match. <laughs> but this is oh, England, no, mate. Okay. They're gonna bottle it, mate. They're gonna bottle I it. In, I see him in experience, a lot of youth. Uh, you know, just like similar to the U.S., lots of great players that you think would do great, but just I think that an experience will get to them. And then France, I mean, France has a better defense and a better goalie, so that should definitely, if there's any chances of being a close game, that should definitely swing the momentum in France's favor. Yeah, two one France. Everyone's talking about Messi and Ronaldo, and no one's talking about Mbappe's nine goals and one World Cup that he already possesses, and he's only twenty three. This guy is gonna shatter close to his goal scoring record, man. This is barely his second World Cup. He's already eclipsed Messi and Ronaldo. This is just like the new generation, man. It's it's not even it's not even fair. Ronaldo and Messi never had a chance. Well, they never either had the team that he had. So you put prime Ronaldo, prime Messi with a France or a Spain, uh, the dominant teams of their time, uh, I'm sure they would have had similar records as well. I mean, Portugal went on a deep run in 2006. Even before that, they had like Figo. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Portugal's had a squad before. 2000, yeah, but it was like a 2004, they went to the final. work squad. It was, huh? like the, a, it was like a squad that busted their ass off, you know, every ball 50-50. It was like a dominant squad like France where you, you probably didn't even touch the ball like 70% of the time. Oh, I'm just happened. saying, like, Ronaldo did have a supporting cast in 2006, and he was a young buck, you know? I think that was his best chance at winning a World Cup. As far as Argentina goes, I mean, you can, you can say that Argentina's had... <clears throat> Like a lot of great individual talent and a deep roster, but again, Messi just doesn't. When it comes down to it, it he doesn't have the same supporting cast as he did at Barcelona. So, still though, good for Mbappe, man. Good for the sport. 
if if he if Mbappe was Mexican, he wouldn't. They would say no está listo todo el <laughs> He wouldn't even be at the World Cup. <laughs> exactly. And that's He'd what. Uh, be, yeah. Alan Pulido, he like tweeted something today, and he was talking about that. He was saying how like if if uh, Mexico had done what like Portugal did today, right, where they benched Ronaldo and they put this kid that doesn't have the experience, like everybody would be you know crucifying the coach and and Pulido was just saying like let the kids play man like let them have an opportunity like like fuck your proceso and fuck your seniority like yeah but so that's the opposite of what we wanted we wanted to let the kids play all the fans wanted something well the fans it. but yeah, yeah but you know some people like Ricardo say we say that that we're shitting on Raul because he's an America fan and it has nothing to do with him being an America guy no, I'm just I'm not I agree with the criticism, but what I'm what I was trying to say is that it was just focused on him. Like every there's blames that should be shared, man. I the guy shouldn't have showed up. Like you like I, I was listening to the show. Who was it that said the that mentioned that Benzema point? I mean you're right, like That's Jaime. Like Benzema like this guy would just won the damn balloon the or whatever it's called, the gold ball. And uh he decided not to show up because he thought they had a better chance to win without him. A injured version of him. Uh yeah, Polio says in otros países dejar in la banca alguien como Cristiano con tanto nombre y prestigio, imposible. Le diría que el jugador le falta experiencia y es muy chico para meterlo como titular en un partido tan importante. In estas instancias del mundial. So yeah, Bolivia was just basically applauding what what Portugal did today with uh, Gon- Gon- Gonzalo Ramos. And if you got, if you guys, uh, I don't know if you've seen um, the tele. There was like a Televisa clip circulating around that the Argentine guy that uh, that played for Puebla. There he was arguing arguing with uh, Oswaldo, and he was mentioning this point about how the other national teams like this isn't this isn't the 80s and 90s like Mexico like to run the stone age teams man like the all, all these national teams they're giving these young guys a chance and and your boy Oswaldo he's like yeah well those are those are you're you're Argentine you don't know how things happen in Mexico <laughs> <laughs> like come on man like the the game's evolving these young kids yeah like it, it seems like only in Mexico Mexico isn't allowed to have like it's like, it's like them being a snail. Whenever they mention young players, it's like salt to them. Like they 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 die. It, they don't like it, it hurts them. Man. It like, goes back to our culture, bro. It's like, todavía es un niño. You know, it's just it's like our culture, bro. It's it's just how we are raised and how we, it, we're slow. Carlos Salcido made his debut when he was like in his twenties, and he was washing cars before that. Like, yeah. It's just weird, man. Morocco, Portugal. You have the uh, Iberian battle over there, man. Morocco already handled business with Spain. Portugal's next. I don't know. Damn. I don't think they're going to do it a second time, dude. I think they're going to try the same thing. And and this time, the young kids are so it was once a problem. That Benfica kid, he's good, man. The one that scored a hat trick? Yeah. Yeah. He plays for Benfica. 
Yep. But also Morocco, um, what was his name in the in the midfield? That guy was a freaking beast. Number eight. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the difference uh, with Spain and Portugal, you know, they have those big names with experience and personality to get them out of those big moments. Like Pepe. Pepe's what, 39, 40? I didn't even. Today? That's a guy yeah. who, like, will impose himself. He's also a walking Morocco red card, too. so there's that. Oh, man, that, that's a myth. That's a myth from his Madrid Barca game. That guy so was that. always a liability. You just know, you know <laughs> oh, fuck, Pepe's going to have I, a red card today. I the last time he got a red was Portugal. That was more just Madrid-Barcelona red cards. But outside of that, he's not that big a liability. People make him out soon. He's that fail. He's that fail. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, He'll scare you. Oh, for sure, man. I wouldn't want one him near me. Me gusta, pero me asusta. I'm a big fan of Asharef Hakimi, and how satisfying was it for him to score the game-winning penalty kick against Spain, Spain, where he was born? Aren't those guys like the Mexicans in Spain, the Moroccans? You mean like the Mexicans in Spain? Like like the the immigrant population that's close to their country. Well, I mean they're basically connected by Gibraltar, so yeah. Wait, do you mean Mexicans as in Mexicans that come to the U.S. or or? I don't I don't I don't no, get the reference. You know how there's a bunch of there's a Mexican American population over here, right? Okay, yeah. And they, just just like how Mexico's connected to the U.S. Morocco is oh. right there by Spain, and they have a large population yeah. of Moroccans in Spain, and also in um Belgium. Don't know why, but when Morocco like won, there was like huge, huge shit going on in in Belgium. <laughs> but uh, uh yeah, when you go to Europe, um, it's very common. Like if you're in Spain, especially in the south of Spain, it's very common for you to like get to Morocco. It's it's right there. Yeah, and everyone talks about Hakimi being born in Spain and Madrid, but if you look at their roster, they have, like, 12 guys that were not born in Morocco. Same thing, like, you know, their parents immigrated and yeah. they wanted to pay for the motherland. So there's a lot of hate for that. They have, like, two guys born in Spain, like, three in France, uh, things like that. Hakim Z- uh, Ziyech, he was born in the Netherlands, yeah. But uh, it is what it is. Um, I will say, obviously, you know, if they try to do the same thing they did against Spain. They will, Jaime. They will. They're not going to change it. Yeah, but uh, Portugal will be a little bit more aggressive. And and they have the the tools to get the job done. But I, I still think it will be a – I would not be surprised if it goes to penalties again. Oh, hey, he's been living up to standard. Morocco only has one goal against, and it was an own goal. Not even in PKs that could get scored on. I know. So, I mean, they're gonna. I know you call it anti-football, but they're gonna write off that momentum. They're gonna be the grease of this World Cup, you know. Damn. <laughs> be crazy. Imagine. I wouldn't say that, but I'm just saying, if it's not broken, yeah, no, that's crazy. That. that as much as they can. Damn, it's true. That'd be crazy. So, are you picking them? I don't know who to pick for that one. 
No, I'm not. No, I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's going to cost them. I think Portugal's experience will take them, and then Portugal loses to France. Yeah, everybody's losing to France. I think that. I think like yeah, that has worked for them, but I think it it yeah the quarter ran out. Yeah, (laughs) we ran out on that, and that's it, dude. Yeah, well, they have a couple of days for recovery. It's only Tuesday. Um, that game's not until Saturday, so they have plenty of time to recover for that match, and that's going to be on Saturday at 7 a.m. So it's sad, guys. I'm, I'm very sad because I was getting into the habit of waking up and watching these Same. <laughs> soccer games every morning and my, my little routine before I, I go into work mode and – and I I don't know what to do with myself now for the next two days, bro. Like we don't got Liga Mekis, we don't got anything going on. It's just like there's no soccer. It's it's bro, weird. What what time what time do you go to work in, man? Those games are early. Um, I work from home, so I start whenever I want. But the idea is to be online by like eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I was just I was just catching the clips, and after I came home, I'd watch it. No, I was, I was, no- been... I was noticing that the. There's a bunch of people watching the games. I'm like, damn, don't these people have jobs? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. I was watching them. I don't, I don't go in till 2 o'clock, so it the, was perfect for me. The best thing about the pandemic was uh, remote work, and ever since then, it's just like you can just basically just work from home and watch these games and have them in the background. But, yeah, dude, I was waking up at, like, when the group stage, I was waking up at 5 to watch those, and oh, it was great, man. It's a nice little routine. By the time, like, the, the second game of the day is is uh, over, you're like, I've, I've been so productive. It's only, it's only like, <laughs> it's only 9 a.m. Oh, like, I got so much done already. You know, it's weird because, like, when you have an incentive to wake up in the morning, you don't feel so tired. You don't feel you don't complain as much. You know, if I have to, like, just wake up normally, like tomorrow, I'm going to have to wake up normally and just go to work. I'm going to feel so tired and like, uh, let me get some more shut eye in. But when there's a soccer game, bro, it's like uh, that meme where, like, you it's no, it's like that. It's like that meme of like that Asian kid where he's just like dressed as like a hoodie and then like. Yeah, then the other photos like him dressed up in a tuxedo. It's like that's me, bro. <laughs> like when it's work, I'm like, ah, I can wear whatever, but when it's like the World Cup, I'm ready to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure. We will try to catch you guys um hopefully this weekend after <clears throat> after some of these matches. Maybe on Friday, maybe on Saturday. Um, but yeah, do you guys have any uh Closing thoughts before we wrap up episode 363. Oh, that uh, that Moroccan goalkeeper. Have you guys noticed? He'd always give the the penalty kickers a shake and bake. He'd go side to side. Yep. Oh, yeah. Great for... observation. Oh, uh, yeah. Great, really good observation. That yeah. I remember seeing it when he, he made that save. And and then I just forgot. I just forgot. Wait, so uh, what, yeah. he was just like what, moving around a lot, or what was he doing? Well, the side to side chicken bake. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, you're, are you on? I think. Let me see, because the rule. Because they used to criticize Osvaldo for moving too much on penalty well, I kicks. Think, I think you could move, but I think you can't step forward. You have to have one one foot on the line. Yeah, yeah the foot on the line is good. <laughs> 
<laughs> what was that? You just... As long as your foot's on line, you're good. But that uh, the Spain striker, the first one that took the PK, he had terrible luck because right before the whistle blew in extra time, he had a shot and they hit the hit the post. post. Yeah. And then he took the first PK, hit the post. Yeah. So he needs he needs a lean to Damn. He needs a he needs a lean He needs some sage. They need to burn some sage. They need to get him a yeah. Yeah. Like two shots, Black both at well. the post within two minutes of each other. Like, yeah. Shit, that is not. Yeah, he should stay in Qatar for like a month. Uh, also, I hate this trend of the some of these PKs where they do the little like, I don't know, the slow run up or the one where they do like the fake, the fake little hop and they shoot it the other way. Like, ah, oh, dude, they just, I hate them. Absolutely hate them. It's a lack of confidence, that's why. They're trying to see if the goalkeeper can beat himself and then they right. pop it slowly to their side because they're not confident in running up and just smacking it, you know, top right or anything. Yeah. It's just one of those trends that... You know what was another thing that I saw? Obviously, you can't do it in a penalty shootout, but I thought it was interesting where it's like you take the PK, but you pass the ball, and then somebody runs in and puts it away. And I, I didn't know that was legal. Well, I've seen some Brazilian games where they do that. Wait, you could pass the ball? And... Yeah, Johan Cruyff did that. Messi Wait, and Suarez so did that with Barcelona. Yeah. So instead of like shooting it, right, you just lightly tap the ball, and then you hope that your your other teammates like run and just kick it in. Oh, but you can't do that during a, a regular PK shootout. You can't do it during, obviously you can't do it during a shootout, but you can do it in like a regular. A regular PK, yeah, yeah okay, but yeah. Yeah, because once you touch it, it's on, it's, it's already on. Yeah. The boss on play. You know, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys this question. How would you guys feel about a like an actual shootout MLS style? No, I don't know. <laughs> I saw them. I saw a few, but no, I didn't. They might the ones that they throw? Huh? The, the ones that they throw with their hands? No, it's like no, no, no. you. It's like, like a, hockey. Yeah. You have like a run up, and then you get to. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, that's lame, man. I think that'd be fun, dude. Like you have a five seconds to shoot the ball. But in that five seconds, the world is your oyster, bro. You know what? I wouldn't mind uh, making the game a little shorter, like 40 minutes or something, like forcing teams to attack more. And in order to avoid the whole, like, defensive thing, no extra time, straight to PKs. Only do extra time uh, during the final. In that case, just do golden goal. That's what they were trying to do. But if, I just feel like if you haven't been able to score a goal in 90 minutes, why do we want to see another 30 minutes of it? Let's go to PKs. Let's just go straight to PKs, except for the final. I, I would actually, like I said, FIFA tried to do this. What's wrong with Golden Goal? El Gol gana. Yeah, se acabó. Uh, America won the title that way. Also, Pachuca over Cruz Azul. Yeah. Mexico over Brazil. That's right. The Gold Cup. Well, if I could, Jaime, I wanted to add one last thing to that argument I was having with Hoyle. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, yeah, todavía. He's had, a, he's had it out for you today. Let's go. Wait. See, we, we can all talk about Round it. one, fight! Hey, and just, just so you know, while I'm saying this, I, I have my finger pointed out, man. <laughs> Look, like we, we can all talk about what's best for Liga and Max and... For, and having and by doing so, for, also for the national team. But what really matters is what these owners say. And if you go on Twitter, you can see that scumbag from Azteca, that Salinas. Yeah. Uh, one of uh, a fan is arguing the same point with them about the extranjeros, about the money and this and that. And he, the fan told him, "Oh, if you if you just reduce the number of extranjeros." There'll be more Mexican players, and you you guys don't have to worry about selling or overpaying for them, right? Yeah. You know, you know what his response was? He said, "No." You can look it up on Twitter if you don't believe me. No, he said, I, I do believe. He said, "Oh, if if they're not if they're not gonna be good enough to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona, why why would I want more of them?" It goes to show you what the owners think about the Mexican player. Yeah, well, good thing he's not like a, he's no longer like a full owner. He has like. No, but all the owners are dumbasses. Watch the interview with the. Majority people. are. Look, what yeah. are the majority are? Like, you know, the Pachucas, the Santos guys, even the America guys, they know this. Well, man, I don't know about Pachuca, man. They, they, Pachuca's but, been doing things pretty good, man. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about the stuff. For the Kutasun one, they asked him about the coach that's come to national oh, team. Yeah. And, like, what kind of characteristics he would need. Dude had no idea. Like, he, you can tell he knows. He doesn't even know what an offside is. But, yeah. That, that's, that's, there's a lot of those kind of coaches that are making those decisions. Now, I do want to say, as you keep arguing domestic leagues, strong domestic leagues, I'm going to make this argument. There's no guarantee that if you have a bunch of players playing abroad in Europe or whatever strong leagues, they're going to have success. But there is a guarantee that if you don't have any and they're all in Mexico, that you will not have success at the big stage. And that is my argument for, you know, oh, we need players in the league. Like, you need both. You need both. Yeah. But, but well, if you, you don't have players playing in these leagues or even exporting, you will not have to touch. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to add to that. And I'm glad you brought it up because I, I wanted to mention this and I keep forgetting. I think if, if Mex got to that point where they're creating a good amount of players that we've seen, like let's say 20 or 30, which, which should be the number, not less than 12, uh, especially compared to the the bigger teams, I think if they get to that point of they're creating that much talent, uh, technically they don't even have to send them abroad, right? Same, same like if we see Brazil, Brazil doesn't need to send none of those players. Those players wouldn't suck if they stayed in the Brazilian league. They'll be just as good. If anything, they're making Europe better by playing over there. So yeah, no, that's that's my point, Hole. <laughs> If you produce a bunch of them, it doesn't matter if they go or they stay. They're, you're going to have your pick of the litter, man. See, we, we agree, and I don't know why you say that we we disagree. We hmm. pretty much agree on everything. No, I, I think, I mean, you, you got to put this one up as a win for me, man. <laughs> we, we, we. <laughs> he made you agree with him. 
And with that, I think we'll end it. But uh, thank you guys for (laughs) hopping on tonight. We'll catch you on the weekend with episode 364. In the meantime, enjoy your couple of days off from the great sport of football. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. Gentlemen, have a great night. Thank you so much.